Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're connecting with Scott Wilson, who is the global pastor of Oaks Church in Red Oak, Texas. Scott's burning passion is that each generation would grow bigger, better, and stronger because of the investment and intentionality of the previous generation. Lean in, because this is going to be a power-packed conversation. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Avail Leadership Podcast. I feel privileged and honored to be here once again with another top-notch leader. Uh, it's a blessing to be today with Scott Wilson, who is, he is a leader's leader. Of course, he's a pastor. He's a man who has invested so much of his life for the kingdom in the church and making a difference in so many ways. Scott, we are honored to have this opportunity to connect with you here at the Avail Leadership Podcast. How you feeling? Come on, Virgil. It's good to be on here with you, man. You make me sound so good. I, I, I'm excited to be with you. Are you kidding? You're, you're the man. I'm pumped to be on this show with you. Hey, we're excited because I believe, and here's my responsibility, I want to help squeeze out all of the experience and knowledge and passion that God's placed in you. So uh, I think- Squeeze away, bro. Squeeze away. (laughs) I think something that our our Avail Leadership audience is going to appreciate is getting to know you a little bit. So maybe can you just take a couple minutes sharing a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your story and how you've gotten to where you are now? Absolutely. You know, I grew up my whole life, Virgil. My dad was a pastor, so grew up in the church. I mean, I was born on a Sunday in church on a Wednesday. You know, that's how it was, <laughs> according to my mother. And so growing up my whole life in church, and when I followed my dad at the church I'm at now, our church is 100 years old. We've been here 30 wow. years of that. And my dad was a pastor for 14 years. And then he started a, a public school, and, and that school is going great. My brother leads that now. It's over 5,000 students, free tuition. Wow. It's amazing what they're doing in the community. And then I became the pastor in 2001. Now, what happened, Virgil, is just recently, I'm talking about this year, 2020, uh, or last year, 2020 in May, is I made a transition into a new position called Global Pastor. And what that is, is that I, I brought back uh, one of my sons in the Lord, Chris and Kara Rayleigh. Uh, Dr. Rayleigh, he was the head of uh, Church Multiplication Network, the church planning network for the Assembly of God. Before that, uh, he was on staff with us for three years, and then we planted him in a church. And so these guys have been friends and close with us, a son in the Lord, for the last 13 years. They just came back to become the lead pastors of the church. And I'm telling I'm only 51 years old. So it was kind of a surprise to me, too, that the <laughs> Lord was telling me. But you know what happened, Virgil, is the Lord told me this, is, is I felt like the Lord told me he was the one who was going to follow me. But I started processing with the Lord. I said, Lord, he's he's 42 years old. I mean, that's kind of the prime time for him to come in. Not, you know, when I'm 60, he'll be wow. 52 years old, you know? And the Lord said, that's right. And if it's time for him, it's time for you. Cause fathers don't make decisions just based on themselves and their timing, but on the timing of their sons. Wow. Can and I ask so, a question, can I ask a question yeah. about, so global, I mean, global pastor is a pretty significant title. I, I don't know. I don't know a lot of global pastors, but well, how did you feel when you transitioned into that role? You know, it's funny, Virgil. Okay, I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, I don't think in our movement that it, that we were ready to have me be like the, uh, you know, apostolic spiritual father. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to come up with something. And so Global Pastor just talks about how it, I'm working with pastors internationally, and but for the most part, it's in the U.S., 
but we have other okay. countries that we're working with right now to raise up spiritual fathers. And so that was the vision. And really it was this tension the whole time I was pastoring is I loved our local church and pastoring here, but the whole time we were raising up leaders and I was a pastor to pastors. Listen to this. We planted in the last 20 years out of our church, 22 churches that are going wow. right now. Many of them are fathering and mothering mm -hmm. other churches as well. We've had over 500 go into full-time ministry out of our church for the last 20 wow. years. It's a, I mean, it's a big part of who we okay. are, you know? And so God just was putting on my heart to move into that role, to start helping those guys who we've sent out and to start helping others that we've been consulting with and to do that full time. And what was great about it is when I shared that with our board, they said, we want you to do that kind of like Antioch in the book of Acts, where Antioch became <laughs> the house, you know, the home church for Paul and Silas and yeah. Barnabas and all those guys sent out. And yet it was part of the work of Antioch. And so they said, we want you to stay here and do that. And so I still preach here once a month. I'm engaged with Pastor Chris as a spiritual father to him as a global pastor. And so we're just honored that, that we're able to do what God's put in our heart, but to do it as an outreach and a, and a part of the ministry of what happens here at the Oaks. Love it. I could see, I could see you playing a role in raising up other global pastors in the future as well, you know, <clears throat> not just yeah. in what you're doing kind of internally, but but I think that other organizations and other churches are gonna catch on and say, hey, we need something like that in our- Listen, I love that, Virgil, because I think that, you know, the Lord, it was a byproduct. It wasn't the main reason, but it wasn't, it, but it wasn't even a reason. It was more of, okay, this is gonna happen now on this. But I have had my phone ring at least twice a week with people saying, can you tell me about this global pastor? And uh, it's something that's been in my heart, but I didn't know what it looked like and how to do it. And so we're actually working right now with about 10 different pastors that are making a transition over the next two or three years to do that. And I think what it is, is that we've had in our mind that you would go to in your 60s or something and then you would retire and maybe you would teach at a school or maybe you'd be a pastor emeritus or maybe you'd be an interim pastor places nothing wrong with those things but there is a move where you don't have to move out but you can move up and it doesn't mean yeah. you have control in that setting but you have influence and you bring a yeah. spiritual inheritance to a son that comes exactly. in behind you instead of saying okay i'm out start from where start from scratch they can start on our shoulders you know virgil that was the dream that god <laughs> gave me for my whole life when I was in I my 20s, it. one night I was asleep, Virgil, and I had this dream that I was preaching to this whole big crowd out there. And uh, in this dream, it, it was it's definitely a bigger crowd than I've ever preached to, you know, in the dream. So it was this huge <laughs> outdoor crusade. And I was on an, uh, a platform that was raised up and there was this podium in front of me, a wooden podium. So people couldn't see me from the waist down. Uh -huh. And I was preaching. Blocking. But guess what happened? Yeah. In the dream, though, I looked down. I wasn't standing on the platform. There was a cutout hole. And my dad was standing in the hole and his oh, hands wow. were around my ankles. He was <clears> crying and praying for me. And the Lord spoke to me and said, to everybody else, it looks like you're standing on a platform you built for yourself. But in reality, you're standing on the shoulders of your father. Boom, shakalaka. Drop the mic right there. <laughs> and when I woke up, the Lord said, that's what I'm calling you to do. Wow. The definition <clears throat> or the legacy of your ministry is not going to be about the, the messages you preached on a platform, but about those you raised up and gave your shoulders to. It's not going to be about stages. It's going to be about shoulders. Wow. Okay. So, so that, okay. that's that's what I've given my life to. I love that. I love that should be a quote. It's not going to be about stages. Stages. It's going to be about... My shoulders. Shoulders, right? It's going to be whose shoulders you're standing on. Man, I love this. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the father initiative, okay? Yeah. 
you know, cause I think we're already kind of getting there a little bit, but what, yeah. what's the father initiative? Why is this important to you? And why, why is this something that we need people to, to know about and hear about? Yeah. So here's what happened. Every, you know, everything that I just told you of being a pastor and all of those things, raising people up, sending them out. I mean, that was the passion of my heart. And then God said, I want you to put, go into this. It's time to do that full time. And, and here's what happened. I was at a conference, a church planting conference, and the guy spoke and he said, I feel like the Lord's going to give everybody here a word of where you're supposed to plant your next church, okay? And so I went down and he gave everybody a little baggie with sand in it, dirt in it, like claiming your soil, claiming where the territory, you know, this civil <clears throat> And I asked the Lord, where do you, what do you want me to do? And he didn't give me a city, he gave me a number and it was 50. I said, wow, okay, we've planted 22. We'll, we'll go for 50. Praise God. No, I felt like the Lord said, no, I want you to start doing that every year. I want you to start planting 50 churches a year. I'm going, what in the world? How can I do that and be a spiritual father? I don't want to plant churches and say, good luck. And that's when during a time of prayer and seeking the Lord, I even gathered some of our team to pray. The Lord spoke to us this, that won't happen if you're thinking addition and you're thinking about being a father who raises up sons and daughters. But if you'll change your thinking to multiplication, where you'll be a father who raises up fathers, who raises up fathers, wow. then this is possible. And that's when the Lord began to <clears throat> seed in my heart that I was to transition to this new deal, not to plant churches, but to raise up fathers who would give their life to raise up other fathers. They would raise up fathers and it would keep going. And that's how we could plan it. So what I did is I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take high capacity pastors and churches who have a heart to start churches, to be spiritual fathers and to pour yeah. into them. And we, we started last year with 12 pastors. This year we have 12 pastors and, and they have, their commitment is to come in for a year. And Jenny and I, that's my wife, pour into them as a couple for a year in cohorts mm. of four couples. And we just pour into them about, you gotta be a son before you can be a father. Think about mm -hmm. that. And biologically, yeah. you know, you got to be a daughter before a mother. But spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. Until we yeah. get our mother and father issues taken care of and our relationship here, we can't do that. So we talk about healing and identity and personhood and all those things. That's really what Father Nish is about. But then in the year after that, they take four people out of their church or four ch people they know outside of the church who are wanting to plant or somebody who planted, but they're only a year old and they don't have a covering. And they're becoming mm -hmm. a spiritual father and mother to those four. And then nice. they're taking them on for life with the understanding that within six years, seven years, when they get healthy, they're going to take on four and do the same thing for them. So what we're doing is fulfilling Malachi chapter four. Come on. Come Mal on. Malachi chapter four. The best, <laughs> the, the, it's the most amazing passage about prophetic of what God wants to do. He said, in the last days, I'm going to send the spirit of Elijah to turn mm -hmm. the hearts of fathers to sons and daughters and sons and daughters back to their father. Then the curse will be broken. Uh -huh. And that's what God put that verse on my heart and said, this is the day we're living in right now. That is the spirit of Elijah that is at work, turning the hearts of spiritual fathers back to sons and daughters and sons and daughters to fathers. And so that's good. where there's going to be a revival that can be sustained. Is this making sense? It's making sense. And, and I think it, not only is it making sense, but it like it's something that I think when you think about it, it's what we want. Not only is it yes. what we need, it's what we want. Um, as you're talking about this, so you go taking a step back, talking about spiritual fathers, then there's the aspect of spiritual son. Wh where do you find, do you find people have trouble with this, right? I I'm, I'm imagining some people have a hard time being a spiritual son. And then maybe, maybe also people that want to be a spiritual father without knowing 
how to be a good spiritual son. Why? Why is it important to know both, to understand both of these? <clears throat> well, first of all, I think that most people who have a hard time being a spiritual son probably didn't have a very good uh uh, relationship maybe That's with it. their biological father. Maybe there was either they were not there. You're talking about 22 million kids right now under the age of 18 growing up without a father in the home. That's it. And so there's so many people that I know, even pastors, many, pa I'm telling you, there is a large percentage of pastors yeah. who I'm working with <clears throat> that they did either didn't have a dad at home, or it was an abusive situation, or there wasn't a close connection and affirmation that was there. Right. And so when you have anything that's lacking in that, plus you compound that to where they might've been a youth pastor somewhere and they had a, a pastor that they looked to as a spiritual father and maybe it didn't work out the way. Right. And so now you get kind of messed up and skewed. But that biggest problem with that, mm -hmm. Virgil, is that isn't just skewing you on how you see men as spiritual fathers. It screws up how you see our heavenly father. That's right. So the first thing we do in Father Initiative is we go and let the Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth take us back to different trauma moments with our dads, with our moms, to get healing of our family of origin, to get healing yep. of other spiritual fathers in our lives and what happened. And here's what we talk about. A bad father, a good father may be here, okay? A bad father may be here. Like there's a big difference between a good and bad father. But look, this good father compared to the perfect father is from here to the stars, so this distance <laughs> is big. This distance is gigantic. So even if you had a yeah. good upbringing, it still skews who you see God at if you don't see him as the perfect father and release anything that is there. And so that's what we process with. But if you don't get healed as a son, guess what? Even if you start doing good father practices, it will come out with dissonance. It doesn't, yeah. it isn't congruent with who you are because you're not whole. And so you're trying to do something. In fact, many times people become a little bit manipulative and abusive as a father or mother if they're trying to be that, do the right thing, but they're not uh, healed inside. And so this is the process that we're going through. And you know what's so funny is when I start talking about this, everybody will start going, hey, I like that church plant thing, but could you talk about that father thing again? How, how do you get one of those? Everyone is longing in their heart for that. And notice, Virgil, that in the passage of Malachi, it says that God's going to send the spirit of Elijah, not the spirit of Elisha. Why? Why does it say that? Well, think about Elijah. Didn't, didn't, Elisha, didn't Elisha have the double portion? Exactly. Doesn't it make sense in our revival culture that we would be going, it makes sense, man. We need the spirit of Elisha. We want the double portion. Come on, baby. You know, like that, that'll preach. <laughs> but the reason why is because Elijah was the father who raised up fathers. Elisha wasn't. So what happened is, you remember Elijah, he, he put his mantle on Elisha and said, follow me. And then when Elijah went up in the chariot, he, uh, Elisha said, my father, my father, the chariot and horseman of Israel. He's saying, what's going to happen to Israel if you're gone? And the mantle fell and Elisha put it on. He went out, hit the Jordan. Where now is the God of Elijah? It's on him. All of the prophets say, oh my gosh, the anointing that was on Elijah is now on Elisha. He's the new dad. Uh -huh. And then he did twice the work of Elijah. But in his last day, King Jehoash, this, if, if anybody wants to see this, it's in 2 Kings 13. It says, Jehoash, the king came to him and said, he said the same words. This is crazy. I never saw this before. I don't understand. I passed him forever. I never saw. He goes, my father, my father, the chariot and horsemen of Israel, to the same words to Elisha, which means Elisha was a father. 
He said, you're the father of Israel. What are we going to do with you gone? He said, well, go get some arrows, hit the ground. He only hit it three times. He goes, what are you doing? Now you're only going to kind of defeat the guys, not all together, all this. And then he died. Then it says Moabite raiders came in about a year later when they were trying to bury another guy and they had to hurry up and, and they couldn't finish the job. So they threw him in the tomb where Elisha was. And when the de dead guy touched Elisha's bones, he came back to life. Now, everybody preaches the arrow part of, man, you got to keep going. Don't give up. And everybody preaches, look, the anointing of God so powerful. Even the man of God who's dead in the grave doing me. I mean, you got all this I can preach. <laughs> but let me tell you, it's actually one of the most depressing passages to me in the whole Bible that the guy who is full of the double portion, what does it, does it not play? If you didn't know the story, doesn't it play right that he should have handed that off to another guy who could have gotten a quadruple portion? Wow. If that would have played off, Elijah had the single portion to a double portion. If it went again, that would have been a quadruple. If that guy would have lived it out and done it right, it would have been eight times. It, this is the multiplication of a spiritual inheritance. But Elisha didn't do it. He was living for the double portion, not to hand off the double portion. <laughs> multiplication of the spiritual inheritance. You know, I think, I think it's easy. It's so easy to be short-sighted, Scott. I think... Um, even as pastors and leaders, um, I think we're so we're capable of so much more, but we have to be willing to see God as our father. We have to be willing to invite fathers, spiritual fathers into our lives, mm -hmm. you know, because I think in the end, this trickles down to, to our church. I mean, this trickles down to the people that we're shepherding and pastoring and, Absolutely. you know, fathering in our, in our churches. I mean, it, it's kind of a one level to the next. And, and I love the, I love the perspective of, of having an intentional system for this because I don't think I don't think that if we look to the past to history there haven't been many programs or systems where hey this is a fathering father initiative I mean, have, yeah. has, have you seen that around a lot? No, no. I think it happens ad hoc here and there. There's those who have been spiritual fathers. There are those who have raised up and discipled others, but not necessarily in a systematic way, in a way that says, this is what we're going to do with intentionality. And I think it's very important because this is the model Jesus gave us. <clears throat> we always see Jesus as the son. Absolutely. But Jesus says, when you see me, you also see the father. father. In other words, he functioned in every way, like a spiritual father mm -hmm. to the disciples and to everyone he came in contact with. I love this, that in, when it talks about, you know, Hey, the Lord's going to send the spirit of Elijah and, and all of this. We know that Jesus says the spirit of Elijah came when John the <clears throat> Baptist came. He said he is the Elijah that was the pre, the the uh, precursor to the Messiah. And what does they mean if he if John the Baptist is Elijah? What does that make Jesus? It makes him the type of Elisha. Okay, but he's the Elisha who got it right. <laughs> yes, he went to the grave, but the spirit of God and anointing that was on him in the grave came back to life three days later. <laughs> he, he came to life and he said, the same spirit that is in me is now going to be in you. The same spirit raised me from dead. And John 14, 12 is that spirit of, of Elisha and fathering. And he says this, if you believe in me, you're going to do the same works I do, and you will do even greater works than I do. For I'm going to go to the Father, and I'm interceding for you. And you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. For the glory of the Father is in the Son. Oh, my gosh. There's so many. Listen, to this. he says, this is the heart that I have, is that you're going to do better than me. That's the heart yeah. of the Father. You're going to go farther. People, you're going to go higher. But yet, how many times do you hear people say stuff like, 
Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, there's never going to be another person like that guy, you know, like at, at a funeral. There'll never be another one. Man, I don't want that. I want at my, at my funeral, everybody saying there are thousands like him. There are thousands who yeah. are doing even greater works than him because of what he did. That was yeah. his heart. The second thing is he's interceding to the father. The, a true father is not only wanting them to do better, he's doing everything he can to empower them to do better. Yep. And the third, he says, yep. the glory of the father's in the son. Exactly. Paul said, hey, Philippians, what are you? Not my joy and my crown. I mean, the very aim of my life is that you're on my <laughs> shoulders becoming bigger and better and stronger. If we had this mentality, we will work in such a way that we could see the great commission fulfilled because every generation is going to have a double portion starting with the spiritual inheritance instead of from scratch. That's I love what this. God's calling us to. Here's what I'm hearing, Pastor Scott. We, we need more fathers, which in, in turn means we need more sons, but we need those sons to understand that they're sons, but also need to become fathers. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and it just keeps going. And this is, this is what we want to build. You know what everybody asks me all the time is they go, well, I'm not old enough to be a dad yet, you know, spiritually speaking. I said, uh, being a father is not about age. It's about your heart. Yeah. And being a father means I care more about the people I'm ministering to not being machinery to accomplish my vision and to make me look good. But it's my job and my vision is to help you fulfill the calling of God on your life. Love That's it. being a spiritual father. It's yeah. wanting to see yourself, not about your stage, but about your shoulders. That's fathering. You can do that in your 20s. You can do that in your 30s. You, in fact, you don't wake up one day in your 50s and start doing it. Yeah. It, it's something you've lived your life with that mentality. Very good. Very good. I want to I wanna transition the conversation, but before I do, yeah, do I was going to do it later, but, but I just want to ask, where can people find out about the Father Initiative online? Where can they go to find yeah. that? Easy. Fatherinitiative.com. Fatherinitiative.com. And when you go there, it has on there, hey, I'm a church planter. I'd like to get a dad, okay? You know, or I'm a new church pastor. I'd like to get, I need a spiritual covering. And you can fill out a form there and we'll get with you. And we basically are like, I guess, for lack of an adoption agency, you know, we're, we're hooking that up, you know, and that interview. Yeah. And then the same thing That's is, cool. uh, if you're someone who says, hey, I really want to become a spiritual father. I'm interested in doing that. That's in my heart, but I don't know how. I didn't have that. I don't have a way. You goes on there and you fill that out too. And we'll connect with you on that too. I mean, we believe this isn't just something that we're trying to initiate in a system. We're trying to initiate <clears throat> it to help people to become, it become a movement. movement. This is who yeah. we are. And it's not something <clears throat> I'm trying to beg God to do. It's something he's already doing and we're just in the midst. Awesome. I love that. So fatherinitiative.com for more information. Let's transition and let's talk about ready, set, grow. Okay. Ready, set, grow. Not ready, set, go. Ready, set, grow. What is this all about and how will this be helpful for pastors and leaders and churches? Yeah. So when we got into the father, at first it was just father initiative. And then I started talking to pastors and the guys and ladies, some of them would be talking about, man, I really want to be a father. And then we started talking about it. We said, man, I think you've got a heart and you're wanting to do that, but you're also having governance issues in your church and your board and your staff and 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 your income. And and you basically saying, if we took you through Father Initiative and next year you tried to multiply into four of the locations where you're helping them, it would crush what you're doing now because you don't have a stable capacity to do it. Yeah. So we started, we said, man, we've got to help these people because they've got a heart to do it. They just don't have the capacity to do it. 
And yeah. so we started a new organization called Ready, Set, Grow. And Ready, Set, Grow, I brought in four of my executive pastors from where I was, you know, here at the Oaks to come over with me. And Chris is bringing on his team. And these guys have come on to become a grow team, a growth team for mm-hmm. pastors and churches. So right now, this, uh, every year we have 12 churches coming in, what we call the inner circle. And it's a partnership between Ready, Set, Grow and Father Initiative to go for three years to help those churches those staffs, those boards, those key leaders, the culture of the church, the systems and the structures and the strategies to help them to be able to reach more and better disciples and to get ready to multiply. And so that's, it's basically what it is. And so we help in every way. Now, we're going to have products and stuff. We're already doing it right now. Master classes, books, uh, tools, all kinds of stuff to help pastors, youth pastors, kids pastors, those who are board members, those who are lay ministers. We're putting that together now. So, but you're, we're just starting out. We're just starting out. But these, this is what Ready, Set, Grow is all about. And it really reminded me, Virgil, back when I was 31 years old and I took the church from my dad and I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I am 31 years old and we've been <laughs> stuck at a plateau of 650 for 10 years. I don't know what to do. And I just started praying, God, bring people in my life. And God brought Dr. Chan into my life. And then Dr. Chan brought other people into my life. And I started developing a growth team to help me grow. And so I just thought, man, God put, God put it in my heart, man. What if I could come alongside of pastors in that same kind of circumstance and situation in life and to bring our growth team around them to help them systematically change the culture of where they're at to be able to multiply. So that's the ready, set, grow. I have a question about Ready, Set, Grow. Um, I know it's. I know this is new initiative, right? It's new. I'm sure it's going to be unpacking new. as you go. But is is it targeted specifically for pastors? Um, can church staff or ministry leaders, volunteer leaders, uh, also tap into this? Do you have to be part of of uh, a member? You know, how do, how how is it going to work for people to connect? Well, it depends on what time uh, or what month people are listening to this. You know, what time? Because basically, at this point. Uh, in time, we are now putting a subscription together where anybody can do a subscription to the page and every single month, there are new master classes coming up. Okay. We have preaching training. We have training on discipleship. We have training on pipelines of leadership. We have training that's going to be going on on how do you do all of your... Um, uh, development of your team and your staff. How do you handle pay, you know, uh, interviewing and getting the right team developing? I mean, every single thing that you would think nice. that is in the regular flow. And that could be for the youth pastor, kids pastor, all of this. You get a subscription, you get all of it uh, that that is on there and it keeps coming up all the time. In fact, one of the things I want to give away in a minute to everybody just to give it to them free, we want to. But this is our whole goal is to come alongside it to help everybody in this. There'll be conferences that'll be coming up. There'll be different things coming nice. up and ready, set, grow. We're just starting. And mm-hmm. so it depends when you're listening to this, just go to ready, set, grow, church dot com ready set grow church.com and you can see where we're at if that subscription's ready going because that'll be up in just a couple of months and then uh all of our conferences and so forth start going right now we started with the premier deal and that is our inner circle the three-year program for those 12 in the inner circle but these other things that are more entry level helping broad all of that man it's uh-huh. coming because we want to help everybody no matter where they're at be able to grow to that next place Got it. So what I'm understanding is that the vision of Ready, Set, Grow is that whether I'm a pastor of a church of 700 in California or a pastor of a church of, 
you know, 120, you know, in Minnesota or yep. whether I'm just start, whether I haven't even, I'm about to get started. This is going to be a resource that's going to bring value no matter where you are, years, uh, n- number of people in the church and all exactly. that. It's going to be, it'll be all of that. And the great thing about it is as you get the subscription, you're able to even make assignments to the team of the church there. Hey, youth pastor, I want you to watch this and then do this this assignment and get back with me and let's discuss. I mean, we're putting those learning management systems together on that. I mean, it's going to be amazing. I wrote a book called Ready, Set, Grow, and that kind of was the precursor to the whole organization starting. And so a lot of people have read that and have given me feedback, say, man, that changed our staff helped us on that. Uh, but we're building a learning management system. That was basically what happened with us is mm-hmm. that we had everybody on our team be a worker is basically when we started. That's why we were stuck at 650 because everybody would just thought on the staff, they're there to do the work. But I told them Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says we're to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That's right. So you had to go to equipper of equippers. And so we had to start equipping people to do the work of the ministry. But that doesn't end there. It's got to move from being an equipper to a leader of leaders where you're leading people who are leading others and equipping them to do it. That's when we, through that three-year process and developing that, where people on our staff begin to mentor five other people and they mentored five other people. And that began, that's how we busted through a thousand and went to two, three, four thousand. And that was a huge deal for us. And so we're building the, that type of concept with all of this uh, material to say, okay, what's the area that's the hole in your bucket? Where do you need to grow? Where do you, you need to do it? And we want to help people along the way. To I have give a question. Them anything, everything. Yeah. I have a question, Pastor Scott. Okay. So let's just say I, I'm a, I'm a pastor. Uh, we've been stuck at, you know, 150 people for several years now from your experience, you know, from your experience and all this and, you know, and from your perspective, from what you've heard out there, from what you've seen, what would you say are some of the top reasons that churches get stuck when speaking about, they're just not growing, you know, more people aren't coming, you know, and they're kind of stuck there. What would you say are some of the top reasons for that? Well, I think you did really good at picking your scenario, by the way, the case study, because the average church in America is about 125. Okay. And that's about how many a really gifted leader can lead on his own. That's it. So what happens is when you're a pastor and you think of yourself as I'm the one who marries and buries, I'm the one who does all of the messages and I'm the one who does all of the hospital visits, I'm here to pastor the people, which in the mindset there would be to uh, be their chaplain or to be the person who's taking care of all those things, then that's about how big you can get. <clears throat> if you want to grow past that, probably the biggest is that worker, equipper, leader of leaders, is mm-hmm. you've got to start, and you may not have a staff. You say, well, I don't know staff. I can't do that. No, you do that with your key <laughs> leaders. You grab two or three or four leaders and you start pouring into them so that they grow in their ability to do ministry. Yeah. One of the biggest things I had to do is do the same thing with our board. Because even if I changed my mindset, if they didn't change their mindset, then they would be going, what are you doing? You're supposed to be doing hospital calls. Listen to what happened. Virgil, first board meeting I ever had. I went in and I gave everybody a three by five card and I asked them to write down every single thing they thought that they were going to judge me on as if I was a good pastor or not in a year. So next year, when you're thinking about, did I do good or not, what it be? They turned it into the secretary. He 
he put it on the board, 36 different things they thought they were going to judge according, like this is the expectation. I go, this, this is impossible. So I went through <laughs> and I said, hey, it says on here, preach on Wednesday night, good Bible teaching. I said, do I have to do that? Or can somebody else? Oh, no, somebody else. You know, we just need to have good Bible teaching. Uh, do hospital calls and take care of people in the uh, shut-ins. I said, do I need to do all that? Or say somebody, oh, no, somebody else. We did that. It took an hour for me to talk through everybody and erase everything except for four things. Four things I could not delegate, and that is I could not delegate vision. I could not delegate the staff, and that uh -huh. meant hiring, firing, and developing them. Uh -huh. I could not delegate the money of making sure we had, uh, but we hit budget and the money came mm -hmm. in, raising the money and staying in budget, and I couldn't delegate that I'd be the primary communicator of the church. Okay. So they wanted me to show up and preach. So <clears throat> when I got down to this Four, guess what happened though? Without them really realizing it, they had just processed with me through an understanding that the only way we were going to grow is if I wasn't doing all the work, but that if I was doing the four things that only I can do that are strategic That's and that good. everything else, my job was to get qualified people trained and equipped to be able to do those things. Come it's on. not to say we're going to neglect it. It's yeah give those things to other people. I think that's probably the biggest thing that we've got to change in our mindset. And it's not just good leadership practice. Like, no, I'm not into that leadership stuff. I'm a pastor. No, how about being into Bible stuff? That's Ephesians 4.11. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're to do. Yeah. It seems to me, um, it seems to me like there's a, there's a good intention sometimes from pastors, yeah. but they just, they just, it hasn't been modeled for them or they haven't seen it. And I, and I think Absolutely. I remember- I remember, uh, you know, a, a pastor who's a mentor to me, a spiritual father to me, you know, he says, you know, Verge, I deal a lot with pastors in, in Latin America and helping okay. churches that okay. are stuck in Latin America, helping them grow, helping them break out of those growth barriers. And, uh, you know, he says, it's funny because at least in Latin America, and I think it's probably the same in the States and probably everywhere, it's not so much a lack of spiritual leadership why sometimes churches get stuck because spiritual leadership is there. The, the heart is there. Sure. Sometimes it's a lack of organizational leadership, like, like a lack of just understanding systems and structures that will support so that we can now, we can actually sustain people, more people coming to Pastor and Shepherd, but you need to have those systems in place. I think that's why every person who wants to be a high capacity leader is going to develop a growth team for their life. You have a yeah. growth plan, you don't just grow because you you live. <laughs> it isn't like I grow because I'm experiencing stuff. No, you only grow by examined experience, not mm -hmm. through experience itself. I get wake up tomorrow older, not necessarily smarter. There has to be intentionality. But part of yeah. that intentionality is to get a growth team. That's to get some people who are further down the road than you. So if I was pastoring a church of 150, I'd try to find somebody who's pastoring at 300. Yeah. or 400 and say, hey, is there any way I could take you to lunch once a month? Could you? Could I ask you questions? Could you That's look good. at things I'm doing and help me? Because you want to get people who are going to be able to help you and speak into it. Why? Because <clears throat> everybody has blind spots. Yep. Everybody has deaf spots and everybody has dumb spots. <laughs> blind spots. I'm, I I, I, there's things in my life I don't even see. There's death uh -huh. spots. I'm talking in ways that I don't know that people are hearing it. It's not how I meant. And there's uh -huh. dumb spots, just things that I thought this is the way you do it, but it isn't very smart to do. <laughs> and the only way you overcome those things is usually not even through a master class or a, maybe you could or a book or something like that. But it's when somebody you respect who's around you looks at you and cares about you and you know it and they go, hey, can I talk to you about something? And that's how we grow. <laughs> I don't know if this is the same. It's probably not the same for you because 
you know, I, I, I know that you're perfect, right? But oh, yeah, right. My, my, <laughs> my wife is a master at my blind spots, deaf spots, on, and exactly. my dumb spots. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. My wife sounds a lot like the Holy Spirit. You know, she and the Holy Spirit do the biggest work in my life, you know? It is the people that are closest to us, that love us the most, and that are most interested in our well-being that sometimes see it and have that courage or are willing to, to tell us. I love this. I think, uh, Pastor Scott, I think a lot of, uh, you know, pastors and church leaders and leaders in general are going to really benefit from this. Uh, as far as Ready, Set, Grow, what, where where is it that people can find that yeah. and maybe read up more about it? ReadySetGrowChurch.com. And, and there's, uh, yeah, ReadySetGrowChurch.com. If you go there, it has some assessments in on there. It has some things like, hey, what am I ready for? What would I, should I do first? And they can do that. You can see it on there. You can get in contact with us. And we'd love to just help any way that we can. One of the things I like to do is just give a resource away to day uh on yeah. it's called game changer it's an ebook that i wrote yes. called game changer and it's really the five essential things to build a care strategy for the community and uh is that cool can i give that to everybody yeah yeah well yeah are you saying are you saying it's free let's just kind of speak plain english here 100 100 free. free i want to say just, free free 99 I free i mean free <laughs> free 99 <laughs> yeah it, it, no no it's free nothing free, free okay zero. free in fact, guess what? I wanted to just double down on how free it is by making the place you go to get it. It's called freegamechangerbook.com. How do you like that? I like I'm that. I like that. Free, so free, it's in the name. Freegamechangerbook.com. Free? Cha- Okay, so I have a okay. question. So freegamechangerbook.com. Obviously, we're not talking about since we, we can access it for free. Is it something that we have to we're gonna expect something later or do we access it right away? No, it's an ebook. So <clears> if you <throat> give me the email, you're gonna get it immediately <clears throat> sent to your email. Nice. And you're gonna get it. And let me tell you what this is. Um, this, you know, in the COVID <clears throat> season and everything going on right now, one of the biggest things is for us to be a light in the community, for us to be a hope in, in the challenges of what's going on. So our engagement in the community is huge right now, like never before. In fact, I think in some ways, Verge, I think there's going to be people after this who are going to judge churches in the community based on how, what they did during this pandemic. Wow. How did they handle it? What did they do? Did they sit on the sidelines or did they help? Did they make wow. a difference? And so here's what happened to us. It was about eight years ago now that I was at a restaurant and the mayor of our city came over to me to the table and said, can I talk to you a minute, pastor? I said, sure. And I walked over and sat down with the mayor and he said, pastor, I want you to know, talk about a blind spot. He said, you got a bad reputation. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you got a bad reputation in the city. I said, I have no clue what you're saying. He said, everybody sees you as that big old gigantic church over there that since you moved in, you just sucked all the resources, all the lie, everything's going to you. I said, what are you talking about? I said, every morning, all I do is wake up and think about what I can do for this community. He said, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I said, what are you talking about? He says, you're always thinking about what you could do for us. When was the last time you thought about what you could do with us? Boom. And man, did it hit me. I, I went... I, I went back to my office and started praying. I said, I'm mad at him. 
he's a jerk. I mean, it's making me frustrated. I mean, everything we've given thousands and thousands of dollars, all this. And the Lord said, did I not come? Did I didn't stay up in heaven and try to do something for you. I came down and I was Emmanuel, the God who came with you. Mm. And it was more than my death and resurrection. It was my coming and being with you that brought transformation. And that changed my mind of thinking. So I actually got a staff member, put him full-time in charge of being at the chamber, at being at all of the nonprofit meetings and all the different community meetings and city councils to serve and to do this. And so we did five major changes that I express in this book. I give you a plan of how to engage. Any church can do this of any size to be able to do it. Let me tell you the difference. And two years (laughs) from then, guess what? They had a special uh, uh, city council meeting that they gave an award to my pastor on staff that was in charge of it for outstanding leadership in our community and community service to the Oaks Church and for what's going on. This last year in 2019, it was in 2019 because the 2020 didn't happen. In 2019, five of the eight community awards went to people in our church for, for their outstanding service in the community. Uh, we just had John Maxwell the last two years do his pilot <laughs> projects of transformation in America that he's doing this year in 2021 called Change Your World Tour with Rob Hoskins. Yeah. They've done it here for the last two years because he said it's the number one place I know in America who has all six streams of influence working together to make a difference in the community. And that came out of that communication with the mayor and this book. And so I want to give that to everybody because I know many pastors are going, I want to make a difference in our community, but I'm not sure I know how. Any church can do it. These are the mindset shifts that had to happen in my mind where I wasn't just doing stuff for them, but with them. All right, everybody. So freegamechangerbook.com, freegamechangerbook.com. You can access it. Right away, but you got to do is uh, you know put your name, your email, and you're going to get access to this book, uh, Game Changer: Five Essential Ingredients of an Effective Strategy for Your Church. I think that um, community outreach and impact, in the end, has one of the greatest direct impacts on people and families, uh, and, and not to mention uh, community leaders that, that, that now see the church as an ally, see yeah. the church as as a friend, see the church as a place where they can lean on and look to, you know, for answers as opposed to, uh, you know, just another religious entity like any other. And I think that yeah. that literally has the potential to change the game. I think so. It's awesome. Um, as we're rounding things, uh, rounding things up here, Pastor Scott, this has been so good. I'm I, personally, as a person who loves leadership and loves the church, I could be here for another couple hours talking with you. But, but as we're rounding things up, um, uh, before we talk about the Avail Journal, because there's some interesting stuff there, uh, yeah. how can people connect with you? Uh, do you have social media if they want to connect with yeah. you and kind of hear from you? On social media, uh, on Instagram uh, and Twitter, both. It's Scott Wilson Seven. So Scott Wilson and the number seven. And obviously on Facebook, it's Scott Wilson Leadership is my page. So I'd love to connect with you, hear from you and uh, connect with you. And then the other websites, it has our information and email and everything on there. I'd love to connect with any pastor. We want to help you any way we can. Yeah. And I think we talked about it earlier, fatherinitiative.com, right? Ready, Mm -hmm. set, grow, church.com. And if you want that, free uh, ebook, freegamechangerbook.com. Uh, that's it. That's awesome. I love that. Now, now, Pastor Scott, 
the Avail Journal. We always talk about this. This is the Avail Leadership Podcast, and the Avail Journal is a premium uh, Christian leadership journal, magazine, whatever you want to call it. It is quality. It feels good. It looks good. The content is amazing. Any any, uh, comments uh, about the Avail Journal from your perspective? I love it. I get it. Uh, I have it. I, I, first of all, it, there's other magazines. Even today, I was thinking about it that I, I threw away uh, one magazine that wasn't a veil. <laughs> and I said, I can't ever throw away a veil because they look so incredibly beautiful. They're all over my ta- desk, uh, in my foyer, in the different places, all in my <laughs> office because it's just so beautiful. I can't be, and they're so awesome. The stuff that's in it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I, I, I share it and tell people about it all the time. I love it because there's also a good diversity of leaders, multicultural mm-hmm. diversity of Christian leaders. Now, let I want to I want to let the cat out of the bag here. I've gotten permission to do so about something new that's coming in the up and coming uh, Avail journals. If anybody's listening to this, you know, first quarter of of 2021, it's not out yet. But then uh, a little bit further along here in 2021, there's going to be a new department in the Avail Journal that is actually ready, set, grow. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Isn't that exciting? I'm so pumped about that. I mean, it's just, um, you know, I've, I've been in relationship with Dr. Chan. Uh, and uh, so w- getting the Avail Journal, just looking at all this. Well, when I went into this full time, we've just been talking back and forth what's going on. And with everything that we're doing with Ready, Set, Grow and Helping Pastors, we just talked about maybe having that in there each time so that we could give access to, to different free things. You know, hey, here's something that just came out. We want to give yeah. this to you because we're wanting to help pastors and connect with them. And so we're just going to be talking every time it comes out about a subject that's that's heavy and, and is relative in that moment, in that season for pastors, for leaders, and uh, giving tools and helps on that. And so that's we're really excited about doing that. Yeah, well, the whole heart of Ready, Set, Grow has resonated so much with, with, with our whole Avail team that we said, this just totally makes sense. It's a timely message. Uh, it's an incredibly relevant resource. Uh, and that's what we're all about at Avail Leadership, about practical, relevant leadership resources for today's Christian leaders, pastors, you know, whether it's in the church, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in the community. We love that. So thank you, uh, Scott, for doing that. I think, I think it's exciting. You know, can you just share just some final thoughts Thoughts, some closing remarks on everything that, that we've talked about, or just kind of what's on your heart for all the leaders out there. Well, I just want to say to every pastor, hey, I know ministry isn't easy. It's challenging, but God is with you. God has called you and he loves you. And right now, I think that God is calling every one of us to seek him in such a way that we say, God, you're my dad. Help me to see you clearly in who you are. Help me to release and reject all the junk that was messed up from my biological family or from spiritual family that, that's messed me up. And God, help me to forgive them and reject those lies, receive the truth so I can see you clearly so that they can, so you can become the father and the mother God's called you to be because you're the son and daughter God's called you to be. And I, I pray for you that right now, whoever you have around you, whether it's paid staff, volunteer staff, whether it's your board, whether it's key leaders, that instead of looking at them as machinery to accomplish a vision or even people who seem to always kind of get in the way of trying to move forward, that you begin to see them as sons and daughters and people that you can help build and encourage that God's entrusted to you. And as you do that, I think God's gonna bless you and and give you grace uh, to do that and to make a difference in people's lives so that every generation becomes bigger 
and better and stronger. That's, that's that is always really in my good. heart right there. That, that is a really good word. And again, man, I love, you know, thank you, Pastor Scott, for bringing this because I think it's so important for us to have a perspective on both sides of saying, hey, I want to find a good, good fathers in, in my life. But then also, Lord, give me the eyes of a father to identify people who need me to be a, a father, you know, a spiritual father yeah. to them. I love this. Pastor Scott, um, at, uh, on behalf of the whole Avail team, thank you for taking of your time, your 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 resources, your energy. Thank you for blessing our Avail audience with this free resource. Um, I just want to take a moment to honor you thank and you. to bless you. You you What you and your wife uh, and your team um, are doing, not only as a, as, a, as a local church and then as a kind of a global entity and, and impact, um, just for Christ, just for the kingdom, thank you on behalf of all of us at Avail for, for leading so well and for accepting the call, for doing things that other people aren't willing to do and for being generous while you're doing it. We honor you. We bless you. We're thankful thank for your you, life. Thank you, Virgil. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Everybody connected right now. We're so thankful for you for taking the time to connect with the Avail Leadership Podcast, whether you're listening to the podcast, whether you're watching the YouTube video. We're always here for you, for your Christian leadership, practical, relevant resources that can help you take your church, your organization to the next level in the art of leadership. We'll see you next time here at the Avail Leadership Podcast. We're confident you've been encouraged by this conversation with Pastor Scott Wilson. Remember to jot down some of those websites, fatherinitiative.com, readysetgrowchurch.com. And for the free book, go to freegamechangerbook.com. For more resources from us at Avail, go to theartofleadership.com. And if you haven't done so yet, make sure to go and claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal by going to availjournal.com. As always, thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Leadership Podcast.